0: Hey everyone, welcome to The Roadmap, Benzinga's NFT show. We got a good one for you here today on this Wednesday. We're going to be talking to Sprinter, a remote work company that is headed into the Web3 space. How do NFTs fit into the future for that company and how can you get your hands on one? That'll be coming up in just a couple minutes. Alyssa and I will also be walking through the top news and headlines in the NFT space. What were the top NFTs by sales volume last week? Are Ethereum name services popping again ahead of the Ethereum merge. We also have news in the sports NFT space with so rare partnering with NBA. We'll talk why that is such a big deal. And we'll also talk about apes versus punks, but this time for a good cause and not a fight over the floor price. Don't go anywhere. This is the roadmap. All right, everyone, let's go ahead and smash that like if you have not done so already to wake up the YouTube algorithm, leave a comment in the chat to let us know that you are here watching us live. If you are watching this video after it aired, we appreciate your support as well. Be sure to smash the like and leave a comment after this video went live. So we know that you are following along with Benzinga's great NFT coverage And speaking of Benzinga's NFT coverage, if you missed last week's episode on Thursday, I did announce that Benzinga has a crypto and NFT event coming up later this year. That's right, Future of Crypto, December 7th in New York City. If you would like to attend that event and would like to find out how you can get 50% off on your ticket purchase. Stay tuned till the end of today's episode. I have that code and that link for you and we would love to see you at Future of Crypto. Who knows? I might be there. I'll probably be there. We'll see. We got some great companies that will be there though and I know that you guys don't want to miss out. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that. As I said, we do have an interview on today's episode. I am super excited To talk this one, right, we hear a lot about companies getting into the Web3 space and using the growth of blockchain, Web3, and NFTs to transition, transform their businesses, and we're excited to welcome a company doing just that onto today's show. So it is my privilege and honor to welcome Brian Shields from Sprinter. Brian, what's going on?
1: Hey, Chris, how are you doing?
0: I am doing great. Happy to have you on the show today. Uh, So first off, before we dive into Sprinter, uh, just wondering if you can give viewers and listeners a bit of background about yourself and then also your history in the Web3 and NFT space
1: yeah so kind of top level on myself I'm a former debt and capital markets banker. Uh, I was in syndicated bank debt during um, you know prior to the great financial crisis um, got out of the banking world with my uh, my soul in tech I like to say uh, started working with tech startups and moving into venture capital. Um, and then I was working with uh, digital marketing agencies, um, doing everything from like you know B two B content marketing, SEO, user experience, social media management, uh, and then you know started a digital agency and software studio back in twenty fifteen uh, with my partner Alex Fort Carther, um, and then we started building our own internal platform, and that's what we eventually rolled out to become the uh, Sprinter platform.
0: Awesome, yes. Yeah, so Sprinter, let's dive in. Tell us about Sprinter, right? Uh, Centered around remote work, which is a topic we know well uh, in the financial media space. But how does Sprinter play into remote work?
1: Yeah. So basically, you know, we've been working with remote teams for several years and we wanted to kind of build our own platform that was able to kind of streamline the process for all the stakeholders. Um, so like you see right here, it's a source management operate remote team. So, um, you know, whether you're a small you know, independent consultant or if you're running a boutique agency or, or a larger firm. Um, There's too much friction in product development. Um, There's too many moving pieces. Um, There's a lot of time loss and a lot of inefficiencies and a lot of individual um, product management tools that kind of like exist in a silo and don't necessarily work together. So we wanted to build a platform um, from the ground up on top of the Ethereum blockchain that actually allows um, everyone to transact within within a DAO structure um, so that the individual members are contracting through smart contracts Um, So basically, as a client, um, you know what Tom, Dick, and Harry are doing, you know that you're on time, you're on budget, and you know that you're only actually risking part of your technology budget as the deliverables are met. Um, So you're basically able to eliminate counterparty risk and execution risk. Um, through smart contracts for the client, and then for any of the members of the community that are providing services uh, through the Sprinter Network, uh, we're eliminating accounts receivable because they're actually receiving the, the payments um, as the work is getting done. So there's no longer any net 30, net 60, net 90 payment terms. You're not chasing invoices. You're not worried about um, people getting blocked because someone's going on vacation. Uh, you're really able to kind of, you know, um, you know, bring everyone together, um, and we kind of solve for um, you know information asymmetry and by, you know providing transparency so that you have like a real-time dashboard so you know um you know that you're on time, you're on budget and who's doing what and when.
0: Perfect. So, Brian, I mean, remote work, we've heard a lot recently, right? Work from home. Here I am at home, right? Working from home every day. So, we had this global pandemic, right, which brought a lot of negative things. But one of the things that changed businesses is now this transition to remote work, work from home, right? And how does Sprinter, you know, play into that? And also how has the growth been during and after the pandemic for Sprinter and the overall remote work industry? Yeah, I mean,
1: obviously, the remote work industry as a whole expanded pretty dramatically during the uh, during the pandemic. Um, and for us, we had actually set up a remote engineering team over in Ukraine in Kiev uh, prior to COVID. Um, and so we were you know, working with a fully remote distributed team for the last few years. Um, and we were able to kind of you know, hit the ground running with the pandemic and not you know, uh, miss a stride until obviously the war began. And then our team came, you know, got distributed again and you know, resettled elsewhere. Um, But so specifically what makes um, Spiritual unique is that we're using an NFT membership model as opposed to like a traditional B2B software as a service model. So instead of paying X dollars per month per seat for the number of headcount you have in your team, um, you're actually purchasing a token. So depending on which NFT you purchase, you're either going to be acquiring an individual membership or an agency membership. Um, And then which token you have in your wallet is going to unlock the specific user experience and the user interface, depending on the membership that you have. So if you're an individual member you can run your own projects with your own team for your own clients within Sprinter platform. And it's meant as a white label solution. So you're able to kind of build your storefront for digital services the way you would use Shopify to build a digital storefront for physical products. Um, and then if you have the agency owner membership, that might be where you have 20 product managers managing you know 50 client relationships and you want to use Sprinter as a comprehensive operating system for a distributed team to manage all of your projects all at once. And so that would be kind of like the equivalent of a you know an enterprise license in the B2B SaaS space.
0: So Brian, walk us through, you you said the two different types, walk us through kind of the pricing tiers here and what is included for people that buy that NFT.
1: Yeah, so um, regardless if, if you purchase the individual membership or the agency membership, um, you're going to be receiving an allocation on the, um, the airdrop of the RUN token, which is the native token of the Sprinter network. Um, so the RUN token serves um, both as a payment token within the network, um, as well as the governance token um, for all of the membership. Um, so this is how we're going to be managing proposals in terms of um, new modules and new features of what we wanna build into the platform, um, how we wanna manage the roadmap um, as a community and kind of collectively govern this technology as we continue to grow and expand the network. Um, and then so um, you know, the individual memberships um, are gonna be needed to you know, run your own projects like I was just saying. And then if you wanna actually run your own teams with multiple projects, then you're gonna need that agency membership. So the individual membership is represented with a uh, PFP of these individual helmets. Um, you know, there, there's, you know, you know, billion combinations of, you know, the whole the whole PFP structure. We got some really, really cool art um, for the individual memberships. And then for the badges, those are represented by the um, for the the agency memberships are represented by these badges um, that kind of you know, delineates or designates you as that kind of higher tier within the uh, Sprinter community.
0: So Brian, walk us through this RUN token, right? So you said it's going to be an airdrop that everyone who buys those NFTs gets. This is an ERC-20 utility token. Uh, What can the RUN token be used for? How do people earn it? And can it be staked?
1: Uh, yeah, um, yes to all these things. So you can, you can earn it by contributing to the code base of the Sprinter platform, helping to um, you know, design content, create content, post on social. There's going to be a whole you know, rewards mechanism um, for, for the Dow Treasury to be able to you know, um, support those who are supporting the, the community. Um, so that's one big part of how people can earn tokens. Um, but you can also choose to receive payment in the run token as a service provider. And you can also choose to pay um, in tokens as a client. So if you're a client and you're paying in the native token, you're actually receiving a 25% discount on services. And if you're a vendor providing services and you choose to receive payment in the run token, you're getting a 25% premium on your own rate. So what's happening is that we're serving as an on-ramp for traditional businesses to kind of move from you know Web 2.0, fiat world to crypto and Web 3, right? So if you're choosing to transact in the native token as a client, you're rece- receiving a 25% discount and you're choosing to transact as a vendor, you're getting that premium. Because what's happening is that there's no longer an agency markup. There's no, there's no middleman um, you know, fee going into place. And so what we're able to do is you know, migrate to more of a peer-to-peer model within the network so that we're able to reduce transaction costs for all members. So it's kind of like a Nash equilibrium, regardless of what you know, side of the table you're on. If you're transacting with members of the Sprinter community, it's in your best interest to transact in the native token of the, of the platform.
0: So there is some, uh, a DAO governance angle to this as well. We've heard a lot about DAOs recently. Walk us through the DAO angle being played out here with the Sprinter NFTs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you know, we are you know kind of traditional Delaware C corporation that you know built this platform, and now we're rolling it out and decentralizing the governance of this technology by setting up a DAO structure. So we're looking to set up a Wyoming DAO LLC. Um, The run token is specifically engineered to you know remain compliant within the U.S. system. It's you know it's not a security. It's a uh, non-currency, non-security digital asset commodity. Um, You know we're you know playing within all the rules in terms of KYC and AML. So what we want to make sure though is that we can actually have kind of um, you know, generational planning in terms of the ongoing governance and expansion of this network beyond just myself and my, my partner Alex and the, you know the initial founding team that helped build this. So making sure that all of the stakeholders, whether you're a client, uh, a a project manager, a designer, developer, a marketer, whatever, everyone's going to be able to have a way to contribute and make sure that their voice is heard in terms of what they think is best for the network. So everyone's going to be able to submit proposals. Everyone's going to be able to vote on those proposals. But more importantly, we do believe kind of looking across other DAOs that you do need to have some sort of structure in terms of leadership, in terms like working groups and operating pods, whether it's a marketing team or a content team or anything like that. So we think that having a structure where there's kind of like a governing commission that the members can, you know, Um, elect and um, then they have to get reelected to maintain those roles is going to be really important in terms of um, continuity of governance over time. So making sure that some of the core members of the team are engaged with the community for the long run, as well as the ability to um, elevate new members of the community uh, to positions of leadership within the DAO.
0: So there's mention on the roadmap of future mints and some token gated events, uh, Share with us any details you can hear um, or when will we get an update on what's included for NFT holders in that area?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a lot of fun stuff planned. So again, as, as this kind of initial membership drive kicks off and people you know are signing up for the whitelist on our website, you can go to sprinter.io slash membership um and sign up there um but we're going to be having um kind of events coinciding with major tech conferences um you know we have an active presence at a lot of crypto and blockchain conferences i'm probably going to you know make an appearance at the one you mentioned earlier uh chris i think that one sounds like a good one for everyone to put on their calendar Um, but yeah i mean like you know we're going to be in switzerland next week we've got you know teams across europe um you know we got um you know we're based here in chicago we've got people in denver um, you know, we're looking to make sure that we are active um, with boots on the ground locally, you know, so that we can kind of make sure that Sprinter is local at scale so that we can actually start organizing events within your local startup communities, tod- you know, partnering with, you know, incubators or, you know, university groups um, kind of like, a, a, you know, across the world and, you know, major markets where we can, you know, kind of activate this community and bring everyone together, and, you know, migrate everyone's uh, you know, businesses onto the Sprinter
0: platform. Perfect. So Brian, before we let you go, um, just again, overall recap on the Sprinter NFTs, the remote work platform, there's still some people out there who maybe don't understand, you know, how do I use this? Is it for me? Uh, So just maybe on that level of thinking, you know, who's your target audience for these NFTs? And is there some use cases for people maybe not in the remote work space?
1: yeah absolutely. I mean the def- the core focus is definitely going to be businesses business owners, agency owners and basically you know builders and operators um, within the technology space, not just solely within web3 but people that are you know you know building with remote teams and operating with remote teams um that doesn't mean that you need to be a builder or operator professionally you know if you're a financial professional for example and you're looking at this um if if this is the type of technology if you believe in decentralization if you believe in web3 and you believe that you know smart contracts and trusting people um, through technology is better than, you know, the ubiquitous surveillance that we see with some of the other project management tools in terms of guaranteeing payments. Um, we definitely think that Spurge is the type of project that you would want to support. Um, you don't need to um, be actively contributing to projects or managing projects of your own um, because you can, you know, um, you know, purchase a membership and then you can, you know, maybe you want to build something in the future. Maybe you want to be able to, uh, you know, transfer uh, the ownership of that token to someone else that you know, wants to be able to build the dig- digital agency of their own. Um, but again, you can, you know, participate. Through the staking and support of the network, um, as we kind of you know continue to you know roll out and uh, expand the community.
0: Awesome. Well, Brian Shield Sprinter, uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule joining us. What's the best way for people to find out more about this? Is it sprinter.io or to uh, follow on Twitter or both?
1: A little bit of both, right? Go to sprinter.io/membership. slash um, You know, sign up for the whitelist. Um, follow us on Twitter at, uh, at SprinterDAO. Um, we've launched our uh, Discord as well, so you're going to be able to get access to that through signing up on the website. And we'll put the link in there on social media as we start to uh, post more content. Um, we've got a new white paper that's going to be published later this month, so make sure you stay tuned. Um, you know, There's going to be some really good information in there for people that want to uh, learn more about Sprinter in the uh, early stage of this launch.
0: Awesome. Brian, thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to hearing more updates about Sprinter.
1: All right. Thanks, Chris. Happy to be here.
0: All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that again. I mean, we've talked a lot about these different segments, right? Getting into the Web3 blockchain and NFT spaces. Here's another use case, another example of a company, you know, using that line of thinking, that segment to grow the business, offer new membership perks and also cater to maybe new people who didn't know the company existed. So uh, another great way there. Um, it's time to dive into news and headlines now. Um, so I, I'm getting ready to welcome onto the show my co-host and producer, Alyssa. We're going to talk about some of the top NFTs last week by sales volume, uh, You know what was moving and why, and also get into some of those things I mentioned at the top of the hour. And again, stay tuned. I do have that code coming for the Future of Crypto event later on. But without further ado, it's time to welcome on Alyssa. Alyssa, what's going on?
2: Good. Hi. How are you? How is everyone?
0: Doing good. Doing good. Uh, great interview there. Again, you know, a company uh, getting into the Web3 space. Love it. And Alyssa, speaking of NFTs and Web3, I mean, we haven't looked at the top 10 in a couple weeks, right? Uh I, we, we haven't had some of the shows some of these days, but we're back. It's Wednesday, and I think it's time to maybe look at that top 10 and see what has been moving. Um, so if we go to the seven-day there, of course, we see uh, Immute Swap, number one. So rare, though. Number two, um, I do have news on that that I'll get to a little bit later. Um, but that is that one is just massive, right? They keep showing up in the the top five here. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have the Utes Mint of Tube on the Solana blockchain. $6.1 million. Um, Alyssa, I heard a lot about Utes over the last uh, months, right? Um, yeah. I tried to get on the Ute list. I did not get on. We heard mention of it right when we talked about Penguins the other day with Jesus in the chat. I am actually a little surprised that this number is not higher. And again, I mean, still $6 million, but like, I don't know. Like this was supposed to be the the next huge one. Um, It is only on Magic Eden right now. I don't think they're on OpenSea yet. Um, But I mean, what do you think of Utes here?
2: Yeah. Like you said, it was all over Twitter for a very long time, actually, which I find usually bullish. That's how I find my projects most of the time. Um, but I didn't know it was only on Magic Eden right now. And
0: maybe I'm wrong, unless if it is on uh but uh, uh I'm looking at Magic Eden right now. It looks like um we have a floor of 143 soul. Um soul is thirty-two dollars. Uh, so the quick math there is $4,576. But I mean, the gods is like massive and trading much higher than that. And again, this is from the same co-founder. Um, I mean, <laughs> I know they had some problems with the launch. It was supposed to launch uh, Saturday or Sunday. They delayed it 24 hours um, because there was an issue. Yeah. I mean, you just fun to say it, it's a cool brand, cool idea, Um but it has faced a lot of backlash, right? There's a lot of people mad they didn't get on the list, right? I mean, I didn't get on the list, I'm bummed, but not mad. Um, So people were trashing the project, then it had the delay, so more people trashing the project. Um, Also, one of the things they got some backlash for was including a lot of celebrities um, on the allow list. And some of the celebrities, like, you didn't even know were into NFTs, or if they were, they they barely hold any. But I don't know. Like, I guess I just expected to see Utes, you know, number one on the list, right, for several weeks to be competing. And, I mean, they are unrevealed right now. There's still some stuff to be worked out. So, I mean, I guess time will tell. Maybe we'll be talking more about this next week. But uh, ultimately, it did come in higher than Board 8 for the week, though. I, I should add that, right? It is higher yeah. on that list. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: I've been trying to pull it up on Magic Eden, but it just won't load. It, it, it's not working for me again. Look, guys, look. <laughs> it's not Magic,
0: working. Magic Eden. See, like, <laughs> I got mine to work, which is amazing because I have a, a million tabs open right now. I don't know how it is working. But uh, mm-hmm. Magic Eden has had some uh, some issues and some pro- problems. And also, same can be said about Solana in general, right? That was the other big thing was Utes really became like this battle of Solana versus ETH. Um, which they really played into. Uh, I don't own a U. I don't own a uh, god Right. Um, but I want to learn more about it. Uh, I would welcome Frank Degods to come on the show. Um, yeah. And we can definitely talk more about Utes and hear all about the future. I do know he put out a tweet earlier today, um, basically talking about all the people fudding Utes and saying, if you want to buy it, you can, if you want to buy it and sell it, you can. Um, but, me and my team will never stop working so like it's kind of that thing of betting on the the founder right and he said you know don't bet on me because i'm you know like this awesome person like bet on me because you know we have a team and we're gonna de- deliver um Alyssa, i do know that uh, our boy franklin um who was on last week's show thursday uh that you missed he uh definitely <laughs> got pulled into some utes drama Um, he was on the, the allow list, right? The Ute list yeah. and he minted his and he sold it for a profit, right? Which Franklin often does. Right. And he's very transparent. He shares it on Twitter, you know, Hey, I just made X amount of money. And there's a chance he uses that profits to, to go shopping board apes. Right. I mean, he owns 60, maybe he wants to own more. But a lot of people then destroyed it. And it was like, why did Franklin get on the list? Everyone knew he was going to sell it. Um, So Alyssa, like, what's the strategy here? If you're you're Utes or Frank the Gods or both, like, how do you pick people to be on this list, especially if you know that, like, some of these big holders, um, you know, just, they might just sell it, right? And not hold for the long term. Like, do you care or no?
2: Um, I don't. I wouldn't care. Like. (laughs) It's getting my project attention, <laughs> and I yeah. don't care if they flip it right away. Like, if they make money off my project, I'm actually pretty happy for them. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, oh, go up uh, that that picture there. So Alyssa, I saw this late last night. Um, someone made a project called uh, um, what was that? Du- uh, Dude, Yon- club or whatever like a play on oh Utes Utes. Yacht club, Utes. <laughs> a play on Utes and yacht club uh it sold out um it was at 0.03 last night when i woke up this morning it was at like 0.07 um franklin yeah love that tweet there he flipped one for yeah. like two dollars um <laughs> but like these derivative projects always pop up and they're always popular like right after a mint and then they kind of, you know, fade away. Like, I mean, we'll see what happens. Hey, Hey, Charlie. hey thanks. Thanks for joining us as always. Uh, yeah. Seeing some familiar names in the chat again, guys, keep those comments going. No, um, we want to comment. have an interactive. All right. Lord Byron says you guys should sip hot tea on the air and call the segment NFT time with Chris and Liz. Uh, I feel like I've heard NFT time somewhere else. So I would have to look into the branding of that. I don't want to copy anyone else's brand out there, but uh, I, I do kind of like that. At, as Liz is sipping her tea right now. <laughs> and the Benzinga mug, is that a Benzinga mug?
2: It is. I got to get one of those. I don't Swag. have a
0: Benzinga mug yet. So
2: swag.benzinga.com.
0: There we go. <laughs> nice plug. See, see how we did that everyone? That wasn't even oh, wow. planned. Like saw the mug. Also, uh, I don't know, I'm wearing this uh, polo today, Benzinga. I'm pretty hey. sure you can get that on our swag store. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So easy plug opportunity there. But uh I, I mean Alyssa, what do you think of these these derivatives, right? Like I like do these have any any lasting power? Or is this like a is this like a mint and sell super fast before it fades away?
2: I think it's a mint and sell super fast. I, I love derivatives because of that. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of like, like those ones. They look cool. Like, if something actually came out of them, I I wouldn't even be mad. Like, they look good. They look pretty good. Um, but I love derivative projects because like it just adds to the memes in the community as well. And it like I like adding fuel to fire. <laughs> I run the Twitter account. I mean, I love adding the flames <laughs> like gas. Yeah, <laughs> but. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. And it's, I love, um, the whole, he, how he made <laughs> <isn't it>? oh, <laughs> $2 off with And a,
0: Alyssa, I just looked right. I, I shouldn't have looked the floor price. Now is point 0.1.
2: Oh, on yacht
0: club. And I, you know, I, I was like, I don't really want to spend the time tomorrow, like sitting there watching the floor price and making sure I sell these before they go to zero but I almost bought some of these last night in the like 0. 0.4, 0. 0.04 range. Um, man, I guess uh shoulda, coulda, woulda. Uh, I did see there's, you know, the gold fur ones and uh, those were going for like 0. 0.3, 0. 0.4. Um, I mean, who knows? Let's, uh let's do this, right? It's Wednesday. Alyssa, let's circle back to Yacht club next week, a week from today and see if it is at 0.1 higher or lower. Alyssa, are are you taking uh, the under here?
2: Uh, I'm gonna say higher. I'm gonna gonna go up. You know,
0: I was gonna say say lower, but the fact that it's at 0.1 today makes me think it might have a a little bit of lasting power, but I'm gonna take the under. Uh, A week from today, I I think it's back down to like 0.05, 0.04 um but yeah let's address a couple comments there um aaron my roadmap sweatpants are my fave so soft look at those guys Uh, i mean we might as well just call this an infomercial today talking about all this sweat but they are soft i do own a pair i definitely wore them at vcon um so if you saw anyone walking around vcon i'm pretty sure mitch had his pair on one of the days too Um, So, I mean, take it from me, take it from Mitch and take it from Aaron that those sweatpants are are pretty sweet Um, and a BZ sweater as well. And then, uh, Lord Byron, uh, I want to hit your next comment here, right? Finally got around to using the GameStop NFT marketplace. It's pretty nice. Um, Let us know, Lord Byron, like, have you bought any NFTs or have you just like signed up and still, you know, looking around? Um, Alyssa, you and I talked off air about um the Betty Boop um NFTs that were on GameStop, (laughs) right? That was a name for them to get. Um, they also have you know some big gaming NFTs coming, and from a stock angle, I should of course say that GameStop is reporting their quarterly earnings tonight after market close and the last couple quarters their, their press releases have shared a little bit of an update on the NFT marketplace, right? Some it'll say like, you know, we're happy with the success of the NFT marketplace. And I think the last report said like what kind of sales volume they had in the quarter. So that's something I'm looking forward to. And I'll be writing an article on GameStop earnings later is really to see, um, you know, what kind of sales volume they have, because, as we reported before, GameStop NFT a marketplace is actually ahead of Coinbase. Which Alyssa, I can't believe I'm saying that statement. Uh, we look back to the start of the year; I would have never guessed. And and that's not to, that's not to you know make fun of GameStop, but I would have never guessed that uh, GameStop would be beating Coinbase in terms of sales volume. Uh, because Coinbase was so hyped, right? And so many people signed up for that. And GameStop, of course, a lot of people know it, but like you don't think of crypto when you think of GameStop. You don't think of NFTs. Um, But as Lord Byron says, it's really easy to use. Um, Alyssa, what do you think? GameStop NFT marketplace, um, you think they share an update tonight? And uh, what do you think of Lord Byron's comments here from playing around on the site?
2: Um. Hold on, I gotta bring my train of thought back. First off, I want to ask, yeah, go go answer my poll. <laughs> if you think it'll beat or miss, um, uh, I don't know. Like, I think the 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 NFT marketplace for GameStop. I think it's just gonna keep going. I, I can't gather my thoughts right now. <laughs> No, I mean, um, it looks,
0: it looks pretty it looks easy good. to use. And it looks like, you know, again, like just different collections that like appeal to people and nothing I, crazy, but like,
2: yeah, it, I, I was actually like surprised, pleasantly surprised at the amount of projects that are on it right now. And like, they don't like, they I don't know, like most of them, but they look good and I can see some people just hopping in and just seeing, like, art or maybe, like, a vibe that they like and just going for it. Like, look, there's 13 pages of NF projects. Oof. And I think they're going to, like, keep increasing, like, getting partnerships, maybe, like, and working closely with other, like, companies, maybe, like, as it goes on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the keys, right, is as they add, you know, different collections, as I said, you know, they partnered with Betty Boop. Right. And I mean, we, we talk about some of these smaller platforms, smaller projects, right? Like recur, right. People hadn't really heard of recur when they put out their, their pass. Right. And then all of a sudden it was, you know, Nickelodeon care bears, hello kitty emojis, right? Like these big brands that they're bringing into the NFT space and that's kind of how, like, Rarible and some of these other, you know, non-OpenSea platforms launched, was by having these exclusive collections from well-known artists. Um, and, you know, it was a way to really appeal to people that way. Um, yeah, the ETH Pilot collection is dope, Lord Byron says. Yeah, there's the Betty Boop ones. Um, I mean, I like- there's just there there's a lot to unpack here and again i mean i can't be on all these nft platforms all day long but like i feel like i need to like go explore them right like even the coinbase one i haven't been on the coinbase one probably since around launch time right and when we looked at the bill murray collection but like have they improved the things i said they should right did they change it like maybe it's worth going back
2: yeah i will i will say um gamestop marketplace versus uh coinbase I'd rather be on gamestop I just feel it feels easy yeah to use and um and I mean Lord Byron kind of like confirmed it it's really easy to use yeah and it's I think it's a good good on them for like because we talked about this off air before uh when we were talking about Hello Kitty um and Nickelodeon but mostly Hello Kitty like it's an iconic image and everyone knows it. And them GameStop putting Betty Boop on their platform, like everyone knows it. Like you see it and you're like, oh what is that? Yeah. Or like what is that for GameStop NFT? Everyone knows who Betty Boop is, hopefully. I don't know about the younger generations though, but
0: <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I mean it's it's crazy. Um, like GameStop, I feel like when they said they were gonna do an NFT marketplace, right? A lot of people laughed at it. Um, because it was kind of like, oh, you know, they're just trying to, you know, get into something, you know, that everyone's talking about, but they're not serious. But like, they seem pretty serious, and it seems like it's, uh, it's making some money. Uh, Sega Saturn reference, man, out of left field. Um, I haven't heard Sega Saturn mentioned in a long time. Um, they better, yeah, they yeah, better, they better know b- about. The Boop. I like can't even <laughs> say that. Um, oh man. love it, loving these comments, guys. Um, I yes. can't
2: guarantee like the younger generation. I don't know if they actually would know the Boop, you know yeah, it's it's spooky.
0: <laughs> it's no I mean it's possible. but uh, um, oh, you know what? I wait, so you Jack apparently.
2: apparently point one eight.
0: <laughs> How many are for sale, like two?
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, Hmm. I,
0: like, don't even know how to use there.
2: I don't know how to use it at all. Like.
0: But that's crazy. 0.18. Man, Alyssa, I should have bought some of those last night. Like, (laughs) what's 0.04 ETH at this point? Like, might as well... Take a bet on a derivative, right? So, but now there isn't another big mint for a while. Like that was the thing I should have known. Okay, because remember when Moonbirds launched? Then yeah. we got all the Moonbirds derivatives. Yeah, and a lot of them were crap, right? Um, I don't want to name drop, but I can think of I can think of one, um, from a from a person with the last followers on Twitter, <laughs> um. But we also got like the AI moonbirds, right? Um, and those like doubled or tripled in value like right away. So like if you would have bought all the derivatives, chances are you would have ended up positive. Um, yeah. and I feel like that could be the same with Utes now. Is like all these derivatives, they're not all gonna make it. Eventually, they might all go to zero. But like, if you play the game, you you can end up maybe yeah. making a little bit, and you know, do you
2: do you think? It, okay, would you rather? <laughs> I'm making up my own right now. Would you rather like try to get on the whitelist and like scratch scratch up like whatever you can if you don't have enough Ethereum or Solana, whatever project you're trying to get? Like get on the whitelist of like a really popular everyone wants it project? Or do you wanna like would you rather like wait for the derivative to come out and try to get those and flip those real quick?
0: Oh, that's a great question. I feel like I feel like because of like time, I don't know. It depends on how easy it is to scrape it together, but I feel like knowing how big some of these projects are, I feel like the easier route would be to scrape together and go after the whitelist for the big project and, and go that route. Yeah. Um, I think going the other way is less expensive, but probably takes more effort and, long run and time's valuable at this point And I don't have enough time to do yeah. that. I don't know.
2: I mean, I guess it's like user base yeah. um, preference. I think I would go the derivative route because most of the time I can't even like, I don't have enough to buy the project, yeah. but I can buy the derivative if I paid attention.
0: Yeah. No, that's a great, great question. Um, so I don't even remember where we're at. I feel like we were still like on the top ten <laughs> list, but we we jumped into to Utes here. Um, I mean, nothing else really jumped out a ton on the the top ten list. I mean, Board Apes number four, Other Deed six, Clone X seven. I guess Clone X jumps out, Alyssa. I mean, they were down below the top ten. I know Clone X just did a couple drops. Um, and again, they're they're really starting to evolve into the Nike ownership, right? Where I think it's going to be more and more apparent that clone X and artifact are owned by Nike. Um, they already had, you know, shoes and some, some clothing elements to them, but I think Nike is really going to start growing this. Um, so clone X actually saw a a big increase in volume. What do you think
2: of that, Alyssa? Um, it is surprising to see it on the top 10, actually number 7. Um Well, it's not surprising to see it on the top 10, but number 7, yeah. I'll take that back. Um I don't know. I just it's, it's Nike. I can see them just being here for the long run, especially the um the the apparel. Yeah. Cuz like you can't go wrong with apparel. <laughs> You really can't
0: yeah and then i mean even outside the top 10 like nothing else is jumping out um that make that much to me um i mean it just seems like an overall like slow market um the one that i want to get into now to highlight Alyssa, which i mean we definitely have covered before is ens ethereum name services um so I don't think it shows up on the top ten today, but had we have looked a couple days ago, yeah, number twelve right there. But had we looked a couple days ago, it definitely would have been um, in the top ten. I saw an article on Decrypt that said that ENS domains took the top spot, number one collection on OpenSea, up 170 percent over the past 24 hours. So this was a couple days ago, um, and trading volume. 3.76 million dollars up 43 percent um 9 000 ens domains changed hands in the last seven days compared to 16 board apes i mean that's the uh apples to oranges comparison given the prices um yeah so here it is the lowest ens floor price 16 dollars um you know so like what do you make of that alyssa right ens domains are a lot more affordable um And with gas being lower, like you can actually like kind of buy and flip these a little bit easier than you used to be able to, right? When the ENS domain cost like 0.01 and gas was 0.01, you know, you had to sell at 0.03 to even make a profit. Now, I mean, you can buy these domains and you, you can make some money.
2: Mm, yeah, it, it is nice to see that there is affordable names you can get um hold on, let me go to the website every time i and go to the just what
0: let me let me send you a, a link here because i think if it has my settings right um it does so what i look at because i'm biased yeah. i own a couple five digit um ens domains uh oh um a couple f- five digit ens domains um Kind of represent like almost like a zip code, right? Um, okay, and I bought those on the site, um, for I don't even remember how much, right? Not much. The floor price now on five digits is up to 0.07, um, and actually was pretty close to 0.1 at one point. Alyssa, and I mean, I spent less than 0.01 on each of these five digit domains. Um, I'm also starting to get offers, right? Like in the 0.04 to 0.05 range um, on ENS domains, the five digits. So uh, there's definitely people snatching them up and I couldn't afford any three digits. I missed out on the run of four digit. Um, So five digit was next, right? And my thesis was this five digit could represent a zip code, right? If a city ever wants to use it. And Mm -hmm. also as people use wallets, right? they want the shortest number combination possible if they don't have a word because it's going to be easier to remember right yeah. so five digits I think is still pretty easy to remember um, You could, what do you um, think of that Alyssa like the, the using the digits versus like your name or a word for, for your wallet
2: the digits like you said it can go uh, deep with like zip codes and cities and all that um, celebrities wanting to like I don't know do their zip code like i uh, just had the idea like birthdays you know yep six digit you can d- pull birthdays and i bet you i'm not going to bet you anything but i can see people wanting that
0: <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um and it looks like yeah the six digits up here uh still under 0.01 um you know so kind of I mean, is that the next extension, right? Is you know, how many digits out do we go before they kind of lose the the flavor of being resaleable?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Um, cause like obviously the the longer the number, the less someone's gonna want it, right? I can see the six digit one because of birthdays and it's still not that long, right? But oh, maybe like maybe they'll cap at ten. 20. I don't know. No, 20 is too much. Yeah. 10. 10. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I wish I wish I would have bought more five digits is what I would say. And I actually almost snatched up a couple the other day um, because I just, I don't know. I feel like the merge, we're going to get this run on ENS domains uh, again. Yeah. Like yeah. I just think, so Alyssa, you know, as I look at the clock and realize we don't have a ton of time left, I think we should hit would you rather because I made a would you rather question based Mm on ENS for today's episode. So for those who aren't familiar with ENS, there is going to be subdomains eventually. So like if you own, um, you know, 999.eth, eventually you could license out and you know whoever owns board8999 they could license out you know boardape.999.eth from you right and maybe they want to use that because the number is special to them right or if you own you know nike.eth right you could create um shoes.nike.eth right these subdomains i think are going to be valuable in the future Um, But I also think numbers are going to be important, as I said, Alyssa, because they're easier to remember, right? So my question for you is, would you rather, if you had 35 ETH, you could buy one of the following. You could buy either a three-digit ENS, or a couple months ago, you could have bought the word game.eth, so a three-digit ENS, or game.eth which would hmm. you buy? Three digit. Really? I'm I'm surprised cuz I know you're a gamer.
2: I know, but I don't I still think I can get more value out of the three digit. I have a higher pool of people who might want that.
0: Yeah, I i would agree with you uh short term and i would say the three digit i think is more valuable right now i think more marketable easier to sell if you own game.eth i think you got to put the work in and you would have to do the the sub licensing the sub domains right and i think you could make more um over the long run but I just feel like the three digits the safer bet too. And uh Shelly bringing up a good point, right? Six nine dot ETH is a gold mine. I don't think there is one. I yeah. think three digits is it's the minimum short. for ENS. Yep. So you would have to go six nine six nine dot ETH. Um mm-hmm. that one definitely a gold mine. Um yeah. I was like I was like, Alyssa, I hope you're I hope you're quick enough if for some reason it says it's available to, to do it. Because if <laughs> we're showing it on screen, um, yeah, and look at all the all the different ones. That, it's, that it's gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, 420.eth. There's one that Elon Musk, um, someday, if he ever gets a, a wallet, right, would want. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to uh unpack with ENS, and we'll talk more about that next week. Um, I want to move on so we can get to a couple more topics here. So Alyssa, uh, there's, there's been this ongoing battle for over a year of Bored Apes versus CryptoPunks, right? Because yeah. CryptoPunks used to be the the number one, used to be the OG, and then Bored Apes passed their floor price last year. Um, now they're actually kind of coincide together, right? Because Yuga Labs owns the rights to both. But there's this ongoing battle, but we got this really cool feel good moment and feel good story, right? That Bored Apes versus CryptoPunks, this battle that raised money for charity. So um I saw it on Bored Ape Gazette that uh, the Riley Hospital for Children in Indianapolis got $55,900 in a donation that was raised from holders of Bored Apes and CryptoPunks and what happened was there was this challenge online um by Father, who essentially challenged the communities of the two collections um and said hey let's raise some money and you either donate for CryptoPunks or you donate for Bored Apes and let's see you know which one can raise the most money um and he actually said that the idea came from uh Vitalik right the- Ethereum co-founder saying that ape holders were not doing enough to um, help the world, um, mm. which is actually kind of an interesting statement because uh, we've definitely seen the NFT community and crypto communities be kind of supporting. But uh, again, not to segue too much in that. But Alyssa, I mean, really cool story here, right? To see, um, you know, the the charity aspect, right? And kind of pit the two against each other. Uh, seems like a great idea in the battles.
2: Yeah, no, it, it's really a good idea. Um, there's a lot of momentum behind the whole League Punk versus ape thing, yeah. even though it's owned by the same people now. But it's still there, and I, if proven right there, that's good. That's really cool to see. And also that 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 comment with the Bored apes um, haven't done enough for the community or whatever. Yeah. It's interesting. It's very share.
0: interesting, especially coming from, you know, Vitalik, someone so influential in the crypto world. Um, but yeah, this was just a, a cool story to share. Um, so that was Apes versus Punks. Again, $55,900 raised for a children's hospital. Um, speaking aboard Apes, Alyssa, right? Ape Fest, we, we talk about it at length, right? The annual event at NFT NYC this past year, four days and ape holders and mutant ape holders got to pick right to go to one of the days we got performances from a ton of musicians um well now someone raised the point on twitter um and said hey wait a sec should ape fest be a digital and physical experience in the future and will ape fest ever exist inside the other side metaverse and board ape co-founder uh gordon said that ape fest should be digital and physical um he said there's bound to be some hiccups with musicians contracts and what will be allowed to stream but we'll make it work ape fest should be a digital and physical experience so first off Alyssa, do you support this yes or no should ape fest be both physical and digital if you own one of those assets
2: yes it should be both
0: do you think it takes away any from like i mean but i guess if you hold one like i feel like you should be a part of it right and like it's in new york like if you own a board ape and you live in europe or asia um you know like shouldn't you be able to take part in it i feel like
2: in some way yeah in some way they it would be really cool to have be able to be a part of something like you're a part of board ape, right but like a lot of people can't like go just drop like from their job or whatever or their family and just go to a, a, an event for like four days
0: <laughs> yeah e- exactly uh so like Alyssa, what about what gordon said though about musicians contracts so like one of the big appeals of ape fest is those live performances so like let's look at day four Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Lil Wayne all performed, right? Yeah. If you went live, you got to see that. What if people who were part of ApeFest digitally couldn't be part of that because they can't stream the music in other side? Is it still worth doing? Or how do they like get that benefit to to people on the digital side?
2: Um, I think they should work. I think they should work on like doing other things for the digital people. Maybe if it's not too much and it shouldn't be because yeah, there's contracts and like being allowed to stream certain things. You still want to have FOMO to get people into your physical event. And those concerts are a good way to do it. But to like appeal to your digital people, you could do something different, like, Maybe a smaller artist in the digital realm.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think for sure. I think there's ways to do it. Um, and you know, maybe not the next Ape Fest, but maybe the one after that, right? And mm-hmm. and let's remember, like other sides still working on getting its its game and platform out, right? So I don't think they're gonna want to, you know, do this full-blown experience and concert there until they know that it can go off without a a hitch so but it, i think it's cool to see gordon say um you know that digital should be explored as well um so Alyssa, as i said at the start right so rare keeps popping up in the top five of the list so so rare is fantasy sports and blockchain technology and they launched several years ago with soccer NFTs and they also have like a game you can play right a fantasy sports element um i reported earlier this year that they also partnered with major league soccer mls in the us they also partnered with mlb major league baseball and now the news out today is they are partnering with the nba national basketball association um, to launch NFTs of players and a fantasy game for the upcoming season. Um, so over the last seven days, So Rare number two, Top Shot is less than that. So, like, there's going to be some competition here in the NBA space, I think, Alyssa. Right? Top Shot's got the moments, right? The video side of things, but I feel like So Rare is doing more on the fantasy sports side of things. Um, what do you think? Is there room for multiple players here in sports NFTs or does this kind of bring some added competition that Top Shot maybe wasn't ready for?
2: They get that competition in. I think people will care more about the fantasy than the the moments. That's my opinion.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like you're right. And, um, DraftKings also has some NFTs and they're doing like the daily fantasy element of it and, More on that on tomorrow. I think we're going to be talking uh, sports NFTs tomorrow. I actually have a DraftKings NFT pack to open still. Um, But ultimately, like Alyssa, you said competition, right? As a person who buys NFTs, I've always been taught that competition is usually a good thing for the consumer, right? Not necessarily the companies. But for the consumers, which is us, right? The people buying these NFTs and and selling them. And I think it's cool. Um, I didn't get into so rare when it started with soccer NFTs. And I wish I would have because there's been some big sales there. And also, if you know how to play fantasy sports, I I feel like you can make some money um, flipping them. And I think that's going to be similar here in basketball. Um, I'm excited to see it. I welcome the competition. Um, and also, I mean, look at what NBA Top Shot did, right? They're a billion dollar um, by sales volume. Like, So Rare isn't there yet. But with all these different sports bond, uh, like partnerships they have, I feel like Top Shot or uh, So Rare could be one to, to watch out for here in the long term.
2: Yeah, where is Top Shot right now?
0: So if you go seven day, I feel like it was, yeah, $20 21 right there. Nice. So also you have NFL all day 23. So really like, so that's going to be one of the differences though in comparing these, right? So rare is for multiple sports, right? Whereas Dapper Labs breaks theirs out by sport. Um, So you almost have to add up NBA and NFL to compare, but we'll, we'll do that in the future. But I mean, I just think it's cool to see more, more sports leagues, more athletes get involved. Um, so Rare actually has some investors um, that are athletes. Um, Serena Williams is actually one of them who just retired from tennis. Um, one of the greatest of all times. She's an investor in So Rare. Several soccer players. And then they announced today that Blake Griffin um, is also added to the investor list with the mm-hmm. NBA launch. So I feel like when you have athletes involved, like it, it could be a good product for sports fans. Um, yeah so i don't know but uh more on sports nfts tomorrow because Alyssa. i mean i know i know you're just a, a huge sports fan yeah. um, you're super excited but the nfl season starts tomorrow night um i have several nfl all day packs that i still have not opened and that DraftKings pack and i think we're going to be opening them live on the show tomorrow um to kind of kick off the the season right because I don't want to be sitting on these unopened packs when Mm -hmm. maybe there's a rookie in there or someone who has a breakout week and I can, you know, sell it and get on there, right? Because that's kind of the thing with sports, right? As some of these players, you got to take advantage when they're hot, right? So um, we'll be doing that. So Alyssa, the other thing here before we go, I mentioned, of course, the Future of Crypto event December 7th in New York City. Um, Join Ben at this great event. Um, We're adding constantly to the list of speakers and the great companies reporting there. Um, Kevin O'Leary, Scaramucci, uh, Alex from Rarible. Um, We're also working on some NFT collections and projects that'll be there. Um, But right now, if you sign up using the link that I put in the YouTube chat, you get half off your ticket price. I don't know how long that code is good for. I don't know when ticket prices are going to go up, but I've been around Benzinga long enough to know that the earlier you buy your ticket, uh, the cheaper it is. Because as we get closer to these events, as the speaker list gets confirmed, the prices go up. That's part of the business, right? We're in the, the business So I would encourage everyone, if you're thinking about attending, to check out um, tickets now, and especially while you can get 50% off. So that link is in the chat. Um, And yeah, Alyssa, anything else to add before we go today?
2: Uh, Follow us on socials, pretty please. Pre- oh, see,
0: <laughs> you have to now. She said, Pretty please. So, yes. if you're not following us on any social media platform, but especially Twitter, uh make sure to do so. Pretty at please. Benzinga.
2: At Benzinga. Yes. Always,
0: always at Benzinga. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Again, uh, shout out to Sprinter for joining us on the show and all those wonderful news and headline pieces. We will be back and see everyone tomorrow talking sports NFTs. 2 p.m. Eastern time. Don't go anywhere. You got more great Benzinga content coming up on YouTube right here.
2: Bye.